Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. Thanks for joining us as we study biblical prophecy from a Catholic perspective. Today we're going to be talking about, again, the Antichrist. We're going to be looking what the early church theologians said about the reward for not falling away during the persecutions of the Antichrist. And we're going to be looking into a special work by the early church theologian Tertullian, and he was a very feisty and rigorous late second and early third century theologian who wrote about 31 works on theology. And just so if you're sharing what I'm about to share with you today with your rapture at any moment, friend, you can just say that Tertullian was very hardcore. There's a lot of theology behind that, but it really doesn't apply to the topic today. He wrote a work entitled On the Resurrection of the Flesh. And what Tertullian shows is that both St. Paul and St. John taught that there are two resurrections. And the heretics he was writing against believe there's only one resurrection. And what are these two resurrections? Okay, the first resurrection is when you come to faith in Christ, experience baptism, you become a new person, a new creature in Christ, you're born again, and that's your spiritual resurrection. And there's a change inside. That's the first resurrection. Both St. John and St. Paul talked about that. And then both talk about a second resurrection. And that means that at the second coming of Christ, those who are dead in their graves, in their tombs, will be raised bodily. Their bodies will be resurrected. And that's the second resurrection. So the heretics that Tertullian was writing against were into the serious error that in the Christian life, there's only that first resurrection, the spiritual one. And he asserted rather strongly, right along with St. Paul and St. John, that there would be a resurrection of the flesh, or a resurrection of the body, or a second resurrection. And for instance, in Revelation 20, what I just told with you, told to you, you should be able to rather easily understand what St. John means in Revelation 20 by the first resurrection and the second resurrection. But you know, there's a lot of fuzziness about this topic and before I get to the reward, the reward is going to be kind of striking, I'm going to ask you four questions. Four questions to ask yourself, to ask your family member, to ask your children, because these are part of the essentials of the Christian faith. So question number one, what happens with faith and baptism? We're baptized either as an adult, we express faith, or our parents expressing faith for us when we're children, but with faith and baptism, what happens? That's the first resurrection. That's being born again. That's our new life in Christ, okay? Second, 
And by the way, I'm skipping purgatory, not to try to short circuit purgatory, but I'm trying to minimize confusion. So we're just putting that aside for today to try to get these essentials down. But what happens when we die? If we die as a faithful Christian, what happens? Well, at that point, our souls go to heaven. Now, I have been to two funerals where the minister said, I'm not going to say exactly who it was, but Joe has now been resurrected. Now, if Joe was resurrected, we wouldn't be having a funeral because his casket would be empty. His body would be taken out and resurrected. What he meant was that Joe's soul has gone to heaven. Joe, because he was a faithful uh, Christian, experienced the first resurrection. But when he dies and he's buried, only his soul goes to heaven, not his body. And what we mention as far as the second resurrection, it's the resurrection of the flesh, not the soul. And a lot of people get tripped up here. I dare say if you ask this second question, like what happens when we die, that a lot of young people today and adults would think that that is actually our eternal state. And that's not our eternal state. We do go to heaven. Our souls go there. Our body stays in the ground. All right. Third question. What happens then at the second coming of Christ? Well, that's the second resurrection. And those who have died faithfully lived the Christian life and are buried, they will be raised bodily. Not their caskets, not their tuxedo, but their body will be raised. That is the resurrection. That's what we confess every time we say, I believe in the resurrection of the body. We're not talking about the soul then. We're talking about the body. That happens at the second coming of Christ, okay? These are just the ABCs of the resurrection, okay? So the big question then, and this is, brings us to today, question four, what happens to that unique generation of faithful Christians who happen to be alive at the second coming? Because at the second coming, Christ comes and raises the dead, okay, those who died faithfully in Christ. But what happens that there'll be one generation that will be alive when this happens? And this is the big question. Uh, there's two places in the New Testament that talk about this explicitly. One is 1 Corinthians 15, where St. Paul says, Lo, I tell you a mystery— we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. And he's using sleep there as a euphemism for permanent death. In other words, when a Christian dies and is buried, that's not the end of the story. He's not in that tomb for the rest of eternity. There comes a time for a resurrection. So he says, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, 
and we shall be changed. How long would this process take? Well, in verse 52 of 1 Corinthians 15, it says, in a moment. Very interesting here. The Greek word is atomos, A-T-O-M-O-S, or we get the English word atom from this Greek word. It means the most indivisible unit of time. We would say in a moment, in a millisecond, the dead will be raised and changed with a new body. That body will be raised and transformed into a condition fit for all eternity. And what will it be like? I can tell you exactly what it will be like without details. It'll be exactly like Christ's body that was raised from the dead. He was the first fruits of the resurrection. The second place where it talks about the resurrection is 1 Thessalonians 4. This is the most important section of verses for those who believe in the rapture at any moment of the whole Bible. This is the only place where they think the Bible comes close to explicitly talking about what they believe. It says, starting in verse 14, since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Again, uh, this is the euphemism of those who've died in faith. It's like they're, they're not literally sleeping, but it's like it's not a permanent state. And then he goes on, for this we declare to you by the word of the Lord. This isn't just an opinion. This is, this is by the word of the Lord. We who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. This is the explicit answer to question number four. What happens to that unique generation of faithful Christians who happen to be alive when all the dead are raised? Well, what about those living? And what was going on in Thessalonica is that the folks were expecting a pretty quick second coming of Christ. They didn't think it would take that long, or at least we assume that. And so when some Christians started dying, they got worried that their loved ones wouldn't be raised because they thought they would be alive until Christ came back. And so there's two groups of faithful Christians. The vast majority of those who have died and were buried will be raised. And then the second group of faithful Christians who happen to be the last generation alive at the time of second coming, they'll be taken. And says, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive, who are left, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And how long does that caught up take? A millisecond. And in English, where I just read, shall be caught up, the Latin Vulgate, the Catholic Bible, had the root word in Latin that we get the English word rapture from. This is where the word rapture comes from, is the Catholic Bible, Latin Bible. And when it was translated from Greek to Latin, and then we translate it into English, that's where they get the rapture theory. Now we go back to our dear friend, Tertullian, hardcore, a little too rigorous, but nonetheless. Now he talks about the privilege that awaits those who at the coming of the Lord, found in the flesh, in other words, they're alive, who shall, owing to the oppressions of the time of the Antichrist, 
deserved by instantaneous death, which is accomplished by a sudden change to become qualified to join the rising saints. And then he quotes the verses I just read to you from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Tertullian says, okay, there's going to be this last generation of Christians. And uh, I have to admit, even (laughs) studying this stuff, it's not going to be a pleasant time. It'll be the worst time for Christians ever. And all the bad guys that ever lived are almost going to be concentrated to that type of persecution against that last generation. But he says, now the privilege awaits because the vast majority of Christians through the centuries have died and they're sleeping, so to speak, awaiting the resurrection of the body. But there's going to be a generation who are alive when Christ comes back. And if they go through death, it will be a millisecond, a millisecond, and you'll be changed for all eternity. That's your reward for withstanding the pressures of the Antichrist. Now, the rapture people say that last generation will be taken away from the earth before the Antichrist comes and before the persecution starts. Tertullian says, no, that privilege awaits those after the Antichrist comes and after the persecutions. So it's not before the Antichrist, it's after. Now, the rapture at any moment theory is approximately 193 years old, and we know the date of Tertullian's writings because he mentions the Roman emperor at the time, and his writing is 1,816 years old. So take your choice, less than 200 or something that's almost 10 times older Uh, This is the favor that waits those who resist the Antichrist. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to Catholic Bible Prophecy with Luke 21. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.